This is a podcast from the American Advertising Federation, District 10. My name is Ray Shellens. Conversations with the people in our industry who make advertising and marketing impactful and relevant. Our stories take you behind the scenes on a variety of advertising platforms where we explore current trends and topics. AAF District 10 promotes professional development and networking, recognizes advertising excellence, provides news and resources, helps develop future industry leaders, promotes the value of ethical and transparent advertising about the only thing it doesn't do is take the trash out. Find more about uh, AAF uh, District 10 at aafthenumber10.org. So that's aaf10.org. We are so happy to be talking with uh, Stephanie Price today. Now, Stephanie has a a variety of roles that she plays. She wears a, a few different hats. Stephanie is the communications and marketing director for the Panhandle Plains Historical Museum, And we'll talk about that as well. But uh, she is also the American Advertising Federation District 10 Second Lieutenant Governor. Uh, So does that mean I have to salute you, Stephanie? Is that anything like that? Um, No, no salute necessary. (laughs) Thank you. You You know, Stephanie, great to have you uh, today here in this podcast. Talk to me about your role as a Second Lieutenant Governor of District 10. What does that role encompass? Well, this role is really a, um, it's a leadership position within District 10, but it's focused on being a servant leader. The District 10 leadership team works, I think, very hard. It was a humbling experience to be elected in April um, by a a vote of my peers and those in leaderships for their local clubs to say that I could be someone that they would like to help with the district and eventually be the district leader in um, a couple years. So I focus right now on helping with programming across the district, social media, communications, and club achievement. That's a lot of stuff to take care of, as you are also the communications and marketing director at the Panhandle Plains Historical Museum. You talked about Amarillo. That's the Amarillo Club that you participate in, because uh, Canyon is not uh, that far away uh, from Amarillo. Right. We're just- 15 minutes outside. Okay, about 15 minutes out. Very good. I was thinking Canyon is, uh, you know how some places are a destination on your way across the country? You got to want to go to Canyon, don't you? Yeah, you do. I mean, I think it's a destination for a lot of people because we have the second largest Canyon in the United States, only second to the Grand. And you can actually drive down into the basin of this Canyon, go camping, see the play Texas. And the museum I work for um, tells the story of the Panhandle. And so it makes a really great day in Canyon, Texas to learn all about the history and then go see the show that's done in Paladero Canyon and just makes for a wonderful um, summer afternoon that lots of people take advantage of on their way to New Mexico or Colorado or back uh, down into your neck of the woods. All of a sudden, in my mind, Canyon, Texas has grown in in status a little bit. So I thank you for that update information. Well, that is my, my goal as the marketing director of the museum. <laughs> well, you did your job, Stephanie. Hey, listen, why is it important for local clubs like Amarillo, like Houston, or, or any of the, the ones in District 10 to have the backing of uh, AAF District 10? I think it's important because the district is really there to serve the local clubs, not vice versa. The district really focuses on what we can do as leadership to make the experience of every person in AAF a little bit better. You know, each person joins this organization for a different reason, whether it be professional development, which is common for most people, be it networking, be it 
um, some of the discounts and the special perks that we receive as members, but everyone has a different reason. And so it's our job as that leadership to, of course, share those resources with our local clubs so that they can, you know, energize their membership and get them excited about what we're doing. You know, some people are very motivated by awards and we host the American Advertising Awards on a local level and then those get moved to district and then from district they go to nationals and those national advertising awards are coveted across you know, the entire United States and what a privilege it is to win something like that. So the district's there to support those local competitions, to support clubs, to be, you know, be what their members need them to be. Do they need them to focus heavily on certain types of programming because that's what their membership's made of? So we really are here to be a resource and a, a guide and just to help to those club presidents who are, who are looking towards the future and looking towards their year as to how they can build on their current success. With all of those qualifications that you just mentioned, what got you involved in the American Ad Federation? Well, I started as a student. Um, the American Advertising Federation sponsors, sponsors what's called the National Student Advertising Competition. And when I was in college, the client was the Century Council, and it was a campaign to teach college students not to binge drink. Talk about an advertising challenge. <laughs> yeah. But my love, yeah, it was, it was definitely difficult and lots of market research. But I will tell you that it, it sparked my love of advertising, and I got to meet so many incredible professionals in the Amarillo area, and it really taught me what this industry is all about and how to be um, good at my job and in any future jobs that I go to. I think it really prepares students for what the actual workplace is like, and it teaches you you, you can't work alone in this business. And I think that's one of the wonderful benefits of AAF as well. Um, I do, I am an office of, you know, one with a couple assistants. So it's wonderful that sometimes I can just reach out to AAF peers and say, I have this crazy idea. Do you think it would work in our market? And they say, yes, I've tried something like this or no, I don't think so. And so it's great to have those friends and resources you can bounce ideas off of. Stephanie Price is the American Advertising Federation, uh, 10, uh, district 10, uh, second Lieutenant governor, but, uh, uh, the other hat that she wears is the communications and marketing director for the Panhandle Plains Historical Museum. And this place is sounding more and more interesting as we talk about it. So what are the marketing challenges locally uh, that you face there in Canyon and in, and in Amarillo? And I would assume that Canyon is more of a, a bedroom community. So we'll just say Amarillo. Uh, what are the challenges there as, as you promote the, uh, the Panhandle Plains Historical Museum? I think that I think you hit the nail on the head as a lot of people think Amarillo and Canyon are just a night stop on the way to the mountains or somewhere else. But the this community has a lot of really neat things to offer. The second largest canyon. The museum is the largest history museum in Texas. And we're not a typical museum where you, you know, look at things on the wall and you move on. We have incredibly interactive exhibits that we want people to play around in. We have a life-size recreated pioneer town. So showing them that they can bring their kids and have an engaging afternoon. And what I hear over and over again from people is, oh, we only planned an hour, but we could have spent days there. And so I think people think of Amarillo as a stopover, but we're a place that's got a lot going on. And Canyon itself has gone through a really neat renaissance period since I was in college here. And there's wonderful, the square has just become alive and there's many more restaurants and things to do and cute little bookstores and shops and Canyon's got a lot going on that people don't realize across the state that we'd love to, to get in the minds of 
you know, people from Austin and Dallas and Houston and your area, you know, just tell them to come on up here and plan to spend a weekend and see what Amarillo is all about. You know, traditionally we uh, we use radio, television, uh, outdoor, uh, print, of course. Uh, but uh, how how have you changed your message to attract a, a current audience at the uh, Panhandle Plains Historical Museum? Well, um, really, this year I've been focusing on making our our events as something that we market locally. We do probably four to five special events a month here at the museum. We're a lot different than other museums in that we focus heavily on our programming and things like that. And so I use that for a local attraction. And then all of my other, um, you know, quote unquote, general marketing, if there is anything like that. But I use those messaging and those dollars to go across the state to spread that message that I talked about, that we're we're not just a 50 minute stop. We're more of a, a destination and a place you can come and really enjoy with your family and friends. And we're a multi-generational place that people can really get engaged with. You know, earlier you mentioned uh, interactive, and it seems a lot of museums are, are really needing to go that uh, interactive route, which obviously is uh, kind of an expensive option. How have you addressed the things that you would love to see and the things that you can actually put into place? You know, uh, a lot of our um, challenges, just like any other museums, are um, funding, and we've got a really great strategic plan that's being put into the works for the next 10 years, and we've got some wonderful things on the horizon um, to do with education that we announced at our annual meeting. And I think that um, the Panhandle Plains Historical Museum, or PPHM as we call it, will be a different place in five years with many more hands-on activities and educational activities for for kids in this community and all over that that are really going to, to change the way people view this museum and the way that they interact with what we're doing. Stephanie, why do people visit museums? And more importantly, why do they come to PPHM? Wow, that's that's a loaded question. There's tons of art articles and research about that. But I think people go, um, I think it's when they're traveling. I think a lot of people go when they're traveling and they go to get a sense of place. I think museums provide an incredible sense of a community and an, an area. And I think the Panhandle is um, very unique and of, we, we kind of rely on ourselves to get the job done. The Panhandle is a place where, you know, it's it's not the most hospitable place to live. It's, you know, lots of wind. And when people came and settled out here, they came with a gumption of we're going to do this and we're going to do it for ourselves. And PPHM really tells that story of um, how, you know, people from all the way to the Native Americans hunting the buffalo to settlers and then the conflicts they're in and how, you know, we've learned to work together and things like that. And so we really tell that unique story. People go to to get a sense of, you know, where they're visiting and what they're seeing. For instance, with our pioneer town, I can imagine my, um, my great-grandfather came from the Northeast um, down here to settle in the Panhandle looking for oil and prospecting. And I can imagine him doing that, you know, when I look at the exhibits in the museum and it gives me a neat connection to to someone I've never met. I think that's really cool. You know, now we have the opportunity on the web to tour most anything uh, virtually, as a lot of museums uh, offer a virtual tour and such. But do you think the ability to see and touch and smell uh, has been affected by technology, or is it really that thing that you really want to go and see and touch and smell uh, the, the exhibits and, and and be there in the moment. You know, I think there's a huge discussion about that across the museum field. But in my opinion, 
I think virtual exhibits and virtual things like the Google Art Project, if you haven't looked into that, Google has done an incredible job of amassing photographs and digital tours of wonderful museums across the world, ours being included. And you can zoom in microscopically on something you wouldn't be able to get close to in real life, for instance, the Mona Lisa and other things. But I think it just heightens that sense of wanting to go and it inspires those bucket list trips and inspires people to really get out there and see the art because it is different than viewing it on the screen. You can't view the texture and you can't view other things. And so I think it's just another advertising tool. Honestly, those virtual tours just make people want to go more. That's a big benefit then. So uh, uh, virtual is great, but being there is, uh, I know for me, is is an important thing because you just feel it. You, you, you're there with it. Let's uh, let's go back to uh, District 10 and let's talk about the, uh, the upcoming year and uh, what we can expect from you guys. Absolutely. Um, we're, we're getting into the American Advertising Awards season. This is where our most of our clubs will open their competitions in November, December. Um, it is all the work that was done in 2019 will be turned in at the beginning of 2020. There is incredible work across this district. We have amazing agencies all across the states um, that we serve, you know, Texas, Arkansas, Oklahoma, and Louisiana. And it is so neat to see those winners um, come across in their local markets. And then as they head to district, um, our district chair, who's currently Mark Eisenberg, puts together a fabulous digital winner's book. So you can view everyone and see the amazing work going across District 10. And then they go to the national competition. And that's held at the um, Admerica Conference, which will be in California this year. And I'm always excited to go to that evening just to see the best work from students and professionals alike. So that's a big thing we focus on. And then club achievement. This year, the Nationals has changed up its guidelines. We used to have eight categories, and now we're at five, which I believe has made it better for clubs to work on. It's made it a little bit more manageable. But these are just book reports, basically, of how your year went, what you worked on, with some pictures and video evidence. And I think it's a great way for clubs to measure themselves against what they hope to achieve. You know, everyone who comes into office, I think, comes with a set of ideas and expectations. And so when you write those things down and then document what you've achieved, it just makes your club stronger because you're focusing on those five things that really make for a strong, healthy club. So those will be due in March. Those will help go, go towards club of the year. And our um, reigning clubs of the year are Amarillo for small club and Dallas for big club. We're excited this year to offer a add two. So add two are our professionals that are 32 and under. So this is a stepping stone to AAF and a great way to get young professionals involved, do a bit different programming and shake it up. So we're offering a club of the year for them as well. And we have four across District 10. So lots of wonderful stuff going on. Those are kind of the, the usual things, but I think that we're really ramping up our um, conferences and conventions. And Governor Bill, I'm sure we'll talk to you about his Vision 2020 committee he has done an incredible job of really looking towards the future and what just next year in 2020 is going to look like and beyond and the way that we can serve um, our membership better and make sure that their needs are taken care of so that we're serving every AAF member, um, wonderful programming, wonderful opportunities, and just being a support to those presidents who've taken on these leadership roles. 
You know, you've actually answered my next question, so I'm skipping that because you just told me a, a whole bunch of ways that uh, District 10 helps clubs uh, be better at what they do, and it seems to me that you've you've raised the bar. In other words, you want to play in our league? Uh, these are the things you need to do, and as a result, with, with Bill and you and all of the, the team there, you've created, a, well, a, a, a next-level experience for the clubs. So somebody out there listening on the fence about joining their local ad club, I don't care whether it's Houston or Amarillo or Dallas or anywhere, tell them why joining a local club is an important thing to do. Well, I think joining your local club, that's your that's your basis. Those people can be, as I mentioned earlier, I use them as a, um, you know, they're all my friends. So I've really made some incredible friendships through this organization. Um, several years ago, I went through a very you know incredible tough time in my life. And those were the people there to really help pick me up professionally and, you know, help me get back to, um, you know, a new sense of normal of where I could be. And those, um, you know, girls and guys were my friends throughout that whole situation and, and still are supporting me, you know, as we go through that. And it's just been incredibly beneficial to have a group of professionals all thinking along the same lines, all lifting each other up, all being so helpful. You know, they joke across the district that Amarillo's, we all love each other too much, you know, but I, I really have felt that sense of, of belonging and, you know, partnership with everyone in our club. And it's just been it's been a great professional outlet for me. I've also gained tons of valuable knowledge. And I think that, you know, a lot of these conferences and conventions are very expensive to get the knowledge that you could get just from attending um, a rather inexpensive luncheon. You just go pay for your lunch ticket and you have incredible knowledge. I've heard people speak from Adobe, from all over, you know, Wendy's, we had the lady from Popeye's come to a conference once, but even in our local club, just um, Pandora came and spoke and just wonderful opportunities to hear from industry leaders that I wouldn't, I would have to pay thousands of dollars to go see in other cities that are coming to Amarillo to give us this knowledge for a very inexpensive lunch ticket. So not only do you get the companionship, you get the chance to compete for awards, um, for advertising awards called the Addies. You get a, um, you know, learning that you probably couldn't get elsewhere and just uh, it's a great place. You know, I encourage people to just at least give it a try and and see if it fits your schedule in your life. But I think AAF does a wonderful job of really providing key education and continued development for its members that I know I couldn't get elsewhere. Well spoken, Stephanie. If, if someone has a question, can they reach out to, to you personally? Oh, absolutely. I'm always available, especially to you know, those who are on the fence about membership, I'd love to share my experiences, um, especially if you're in the, the Texas panhandle, hook me up. But if not, I will find somebody in a local club that can. It's always kind of scary to go by yourself to something for the first time, I think. And there's people all over the district that are willing. I have some great friends that I've made across multiple states from Arkansas to Louisiana to Oklahoma and, of course, the state of Texas. And we have wonderful people who are willing to to welcome you with open arms. So if I can't be there physically, I can find somebody who can. A great starting point is AAF10.org. AAF10.org is the, is the website where uh, Stephanie Price is the second lieutenant governor, and uh, she is also the communications and marketing director for the Panhandle Plains Historical Museum, also called PPHM. Panhandleplains.org is the website there. 
Uh, so it sounds to me as if Canyon Amarillo are a destination and membership in uh, local ad fed and uh, the great things that you guys are doing in District 10. Uh, I, I wish you wish you well as we move into the, the new year. We're having this conversation on a chilly pre-winter morning, at least for you guys in Canyon. Absolutely. You know, past October 15th, it's usually pre-winter here and then all of a sudden the bottom drops out. If you don't mind, send some of that cool to Houston. We'd appreciate that as well. I heard this morning I had to go on the news very early, um, I think 5.45 a.m., um, that it's headed your way down there. So you're getting the cold front that we're experiencing, I think, in the next couple of days. So it's coming. We appreciate Thanks for sharing. Stephanie Price, you've been listening to a podcast from the American Advertising Federation District 10. Find out more at aaf10.org. Subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast by RSS, or wherever your favorite podcast platform is, we are there for you. Do that and you'll never miss a new podcast. Your rating on iTunes is also going to help us grow. And don't be afraid to share what you've heard today on social media. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Copyright 2019. My name is Ray Schillens.